Welcome, everybody. This is Dan Takini with Blood Nethos's Everyday Hero Podcast, where you can learn about the heroic efforts of B&E grads who are out there ordering chaos and releasing beauty in the world. All right, so I'm here today with Julia Woods, uh, founder and president of Beautiful Outcome, where you can create a meaningful life through her coaching and training programs. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because we're about to do something together. And um, I'm, I think you'll find what Julia has to say extremely interesting and, and um, exciting. So Julia, uh, just like to start by you, I'd love to hear a little more about, just give people some background. What is it that inspired Beautiful Outcome for you? You know, what experiences, what events, what people and possibilities uh, inspired you to stand for a beautiful outcome? Well, that's a great question to start with. Um, it, it really was beautiful as I, you know, stand with people now to notice what wants to happen through them. I recognize that beautiful outcome was definitely wanting to happen through me. Um, and it really came out of my own despair. It came out of my own, um, I, I remember literally one day I was sitting, having a conversation with God with tears streaming down my face of joy, which was, uh, <laughs> had not been what it had been a few years prior. Um, but this time it was just complete tears of joy and Un joy, joy about what? Un yeah. Unbelievable gratitude about what had been occurring in my life. And I said, you know, God, you've taken the ashes of my life and you've created a beautiful outcome. Mm. And if there's any way I can stand with other people to experience the same, I would love to do that. And of course, my husband, in his way of being, I shared it with him and he bought the domain name that day for beautiful outcome. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I just said a prayer to God. Like, I, I don't know that anything's really. <laughs> no, he's answering. He's the answer to that prayer. He's preparing the way, right? Yes. So I had, um, that was about, I would say five years into my, what I call my healing journey that I didn't know I needed. Um, but well, what started that journey? Where did that start? Yeah, I, um, I, I, what I often call it is I came to the end of myself. I came to the end of knowing, a knowing that the life I longed for wasn't possible within the way I had been living up until that point. Mm -hmm. And it was a significant moment of surrender for me where I began to consider that maybe I was the one that was in the way. What cued I, you to that? What, what specifically cued you that this, that the way that you were living up into that point wasn't going to open up the, the, the possibility or create the opening for the life that you longed for, that you had a vision of? Well, I had specifically in my business, I had, I was maxing out my capacity at 70, 80 hours a week. And every accomplishment only drew me to the next bigger accomplishment. And so I knew that my plate couldn't expand much further. Mm -hmm. That even that growing new accolades, new accomplishments, I had everything that I thought I needed to accomplish to make me happy within my business. And I was still, um, I, I wasn't waking up 
excited and loving life like I thought I would at the end of this rainbow. Um, in my marriage, I we kept having the same conversation over and over. And the interaction at that point was it was me aggressively, passionately pointing at what wasn't working in our marriage. And then my husband's reaction was shut down like Fort Knox. I'm not talking anymore. And that wasn't getting better. We were just having more topics that we just couldn't talk about because we knew that was how it was going to go. And with my kids, I was experiencing them to shut down. And I wanted so desperately to break through. I wanted so desperately to connect with them and seem to just not be able to know how to break through. And similar with my friends, like I wanted much deeper relationships than I was experiencing and I didn't know how to get there. And so I came to this point in September of 2009 where I just came to the end of recognizing that everything I'd been offering wasn't working. And- Wasn't working at the level you wanted it to work. Wasn't creating the results I wanted, I saw no new possibilities. Yeah. And so the sense of hope and meaning was not what you longed for or what you thought would be there is what I'm, I'm just trying to really clarify for myself. Yes. Wait, would that be accurate? Yes. The meaning I longed for, I didn't know how to create. And I couldn't see that there was possibilities to figure out how to create it at that point. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate. Um, in fact, I've had, I've had things that I've done, like I was deeply involved in a ministry, my ministry ACCD for, you know, almost 20 years. And toward the end, I had not experienced the meaning that I was experiencing up to three or four years before that. And really uh, almost shameful about it, like I should and where to go. And that took some time to work through and to get connected to. So I can I can relate to what you're saying. I'm sure many of the listeners can too, that you know, you, you start out on something, it's meaningful, it's powerful, you're moving, and then you get to a place of, you kind of almost reach the, the you create a new comfort zone, get to the end of it, now what, right? And, and sometimes that even looks like uh, the death of what, where you found meaning before to come to something new. And that's what I hear a lot of what you're saying. I'm adding words there. So if I'm inaccurate or it doesn't match up, please let me know. Yeah, it was really a deep, deep longing for something more, for meaning. And I was at the crossroads. And this was probably the end of myself. I was at the crossroads. If I was either either going to accept that it wasn't possible, or I was going to have to have some sort of breakthrough that could help me see how it could be possible. Yeah. And what was the breakthrough for you? What happened? It was around 2009. Is that right? It was 2009. And for me, in that moment, I um, was literally yelling at God, letting him know (laughs) that he was to blame. (laughs) That he was not... An ancient ancient pattern. (laughs) He was not doing something right, and he needed to get it together. And so um, in that moment of just crying out to him and in my hopelessness, um, I heard this still small voice inside of me say, Julia, you're your own worst enemy. Mm. And that was the first I had ever considered that maybe I was the one blocking what I longed for. 
I was sure it was my husband. I was sure it was my clients. I was sure it was my kids, my parents, you know, they're the ones, if they would change, then I'd have meaning. I'd have the relationships I long for. And it was the first moment that I turned the mirror on myself and started recognizing that maybe what I was making up about who people were, maybe what I was making up about who I was and how life worked for me was maybe a part of what the where the possibility lied. And so in that, I just surrendered and just said, God, I get it. Like, what do you want from me? Well, no, that wasn't really true. I said, okay, <laughs> I'll give you a new place in my life in one condition. <laughs> and uh, I told him I needed to know how to hear his voice because if he was going to give me new direction, if he was going to give me new um, clarity, I needed to know how to hear his voice. And so at that moment, I, the idea, again, I, I had so much made up about God and how he talked to me and how he was talking to me this day was a totally different way than I ever thought God could talk to me because it was just ideas coming in my mind that I decided to consider maybe I could listen to those voices and they would lead me somewhere. And so the voice or the idea came into my mind to ask God to be the first thing on my mind when I woke up the next morning. And so I did that. And when I woke up the next morning, there he was, first thing on my mind. And I'm like, okay, now what? And the next idea came of ask me how I want to spend time with you. And so I asked him and I saw myself sitting outside writing sentences of gratitude to him. And in my spoiled brat kind of way, I got mad. <laughs> and I was like, why God, are you so arrogant? <laughs> Can you not see what a mess my life is? Why can't you fix my problems? I don't need to tell you how great you are. <laughs> but what I didn't know at the time was I had a heart of stone. I had become so hardened to, um, I had become so hardened. I, no one could see inside of me, including myself. Mm -hmm. and what I longed for in my life was intimacy. And so the willingness to sit in gratitude began to break that heart of stone and began to open up my willingness to get curious and to see what else could be possible. And it was... It, it, that began my journey of just discovering myself, discovering the voice of my heart and how to follow it, listening to my intuition, forgiving, all kinds of things began to happen. And then four years into that journey, I came into, into your work mm -hmm. um, because my husband needed help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just came along to one of your trainings. And in you came along as a guest, right? You came along just to watch Jeff work? I just came to see my husband get set free. <laughs> <laughs> and man, what I experienced in that four-day training was another massive opportunity to see how I was getting in my way in new ways that I hadn't seen yet. Was that, that was uh, 2012 or 13. Do you remember? I remember it was in LA. Yeah, it was in LA, yeah. Excellent. I will never forget it. I had a severe sciatica condition and sitting on the couch and I was not the friendliest person in the world. I remember that quite. <laughs> <well>. um, yes. <laughs> it was good. I appreciate it. Even with all of the extra little uh, umph behind your <laughs> pressing in on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were one of my favorite press ink, pressing <laughs> interviews. So. Um, <clears throat> so tell me about 
beautiful outcomes purpose now? I mean, obviously you, you, you started generating the kind of meaning through the process that you were in with Jeff and on, ongoingly from 2009. And <clears throat> a beautiful outcome gets birthed when and what and for what purpose, I, obviously to create a meaningful life, it's related to your journey, but can you get, talk a little more about that? Like at what point did it actually take form for you and how did it take form and you know, what are you up to now? Yeah, so the day that I said, you know, that I was blown away by how the ashes of my life had been turned into a beautiful outcome was in 2000 and the summer of 2013, so five years ago. And that domain name just sat there. I was like... For a long time, five years, four or five years, right? Uh, it was uh, a couple, because that was 2013. And then we wound up moving to California in 2014. Okay. So it was a year, it was about six months later, um, my husband and I began to really vision the life we longed for. And out of that vision, I was happier than I'd ever been. My photography business was like more successful than it had ever been. And I had the dream life working 24 hours a week, loving what I did, jumping out of bed the way I thought life actually could be. Um, and then this, this thing inside of me began to invite me into explore more about what else did I long to do? And I was really scared to let go of something I loved so much and risk something that was just a voice inside my heart. And, and so- No, go ahead, I'm sorry. And so we um, just envisioned our life separately. Like we individually did, a, did this thing called the dash where you're born this year, you die this year, what's the dash look like in between? And in that, giving myself to that, then we came together and shared them with each other. And in giving myself to that, the birthing of beautiful outcome came even more clear. And I was like, oh, like literally that's what I want to do. I want to stand with creative entrepreneurs and individuals and couples to experience this freedom that's so powerful. Like to me, I felt like I found the cure to cancer and I wanted the whole world to know it. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's really what my heart longs to do. So then we moved and I wound up coming into the coaching academy with you as a participant to work through some more stuff in my life where there was some lack of meaning in my relationship with my teenage son as he was struggling with the transition across the country. Um, he had moved from Illinois with us. And in that experience of being in the breakthrough or in the coaching academy, the next clarity to my to beautiful outcome came and I was like, oh, so it, standing with other people comes through an opportunity of coaching because I already been doing business consulting for a long time with creative entrepreneurs. And now I saw how the transformational coaching could connect. And so literally within two weeks of graduating from um, the coaching academy, I started Beautiful Outcome and that was January of 2015. Mm. And I just happened to be talking to a friend about what I'd just done and the beauty of this work. And I just bravely asked her, do you want me to coach you? And she said, yes. How much is it going to cost? And I'm like, uh, uh, how about this? <laughs> and so um, it began and it just began developing. And, and the purpose for me is really about the standing for the possibility of freedom, standing for the possibility of meaning that people long for in their life. Um, and having the fierce conversations in a way that 
bring new possibility for them, open up what they couldn't see before in a way that creates possibility for what they long for. Yeah, create and and the sign for possibility is people take action, especially when they see something that they didn't think was possible and now it becomes possible and they, they act into it. And I, you've done a remarkable job. I mean, um, Beautiful Outcomes Grown, it's a it's your main income, correct? It's, it supports you and the family and, and yes. between you and Jeff. And um, I know that I've had the privilege of working with you on a couple of projects and enjoyed every bit of it. I, I'd love to have you talk a little bit about the ideal client, the person you're aiming at. Who is it? Is there a specific, you know, uh, you know, background, uh, focus like that. I know you talked about creative entrepreneurs, um, people who are out there making something happen, uh, who have vision like that. So you want to yes. talk a little bit about that? That'd be great. I love working with passionate people um, that are passionate about um, being intentional in their life. Um, the ones I'm most attracted to are the ones who find themselves in a similar place where I was, mm -hmm. where on the outside of their life, everything looks perfect. They've got, you know, all the success they want in their career and everything looks like the dream life, but inside they're longing for intimacy and they don't know how to find it. Mm -hmm. And that is most commonly the type of client that I'm attracted to and is attracted to me are the ones who just long for more in relationship and they keep trying to apply the things that work at work, you know, the, the hamster wheel, the doing, I'm doing so much, but I'm not experiencing this relationship. What is wrong? Um, and so it's beautiful to so walk. Maybe some of these uh, entrepreneurs or, or uh, freelancers are thinking, well, you know, intimacy, what do you mean? What kind of intimacy would yes. bring meaning to my work? I mean, I don't want to expose my life to them. So are too much of my life. So what kind, when you say intimacy and meaning at work, how does that mix together? What does that look like? Yes. Great question. So for me, I began, I didn't know, like you said, I had no idea intimacy was what I was longing for. I didn't really even understand it. I thought intimacy was sex. And I'm like, I don't need more of that. That's, all <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I think. I've been, I've been schooled on that one already. <laughs> yes. So what I began to learn was this, this, uh, context of into me you see mm -hmm. and what I longed for was my husband to let me in and what I longed for was to let him in um, so and when, yet, you say, when you say let me in uh, describe what that means what was really there for them him like what what was he afraid of what was he um what was occurring for him? Like it was very common for me, even just this morning, um, to have a conversation. And it's really easy for me to shine the light on him mm -hmm. as to this is not working. And what I longed for was for him to come back and be that in my life and be able to be um, brave enough to share authentically what he was experiencing from me. And yet I couldn't see how I was blocking that. Mm -hmm. so I was getting in the way of his willingness to show up authentically and vulnerably with me and me to do the same with him at work. It was the same with my employees, my employees. I didn't, I wouldn't have thought intimacy had a place in the workplace. And, um, and even with my clients, but I began to recognize how I was living as a, sh a version of who I was because I thought that's who I needed to be, to be successful. Mm. I was a front 
and yeah. I felt empty in the front. That was the, I was like a shell of who I was. And I was just constantly trying to people please and constantly feeling like I was offering so much to everyone else and not getting anything in return. And I was scared to be who I really was. I was scared to ask the questions of my employees, you know, to ask for feedback, to ask them what they were experiencing with me, to ask my clients, you know, what's working for you, what's not working for you. And I wanted to believe everyone was 100% happy because I was offering the world to them in my mind. Mm -hmm. But what I was missing was the authenticity and the realness of what's actually there. Not, don't tell me what you think I want to hear. And I'm not going to be who I think you want me to be. Let's just be who we are and be honest with each other. And it began to open up so much of what I longed for, but I had been way too scared to think that what I longed for was actually available. So I just put the front up and was that version of myself and found it very empty and meaningless. So intimacy in the work context for you meant really getting feedback from your employees or you know partners or vendors, et cetera, customers about what was working for them and not working with them uh, on how they were, you, they were engaged by you or by the service or by your employees, et cetera. So it wasn't just about the delivery of the service, but the context or mood or how the person experienced the service along the way or how they, maybe the employee experienced you while you were working with them. You wanted to get connected to that. Yes. What I began to find out is how beautifully intertwined life is. And life is constantly offering us freedom if we're willing to take the invitation. Yeah. yeah. And that the breakthrough that was waiting with my employee, where there was maybe conflict between us, I began to understand how the breakthrough that I could have with her, what she could help me see I couldn't see about myself or about how I was showing up or about what she needed, actually would pr produce results in what I was needing to work through with one of my kids or what I was trying to find out about myself. And the same with a client. You know, if a client was upset, I'd just be like, well, you know, that's your loss and whatever, you know, and I do everything I could to make them happy, but I didn't really want to be with what was there for them. Mm -hmm. And then to begin to push through that or to... Yeah, to test it, like to see how, is this just me or is it you or is it both of us? And where yeah. does it, because I know a lot of times I get feedback and I, the key is to listen to it, then test it to see if it's true. I mean, yes. does that show up that way? Is that really what I'm doing? And I, or, you know, like I had somebody, I've had, uh, I had an employee tell me, well, you're not listening to me. And as we talked about it, because I, I wanted to see if I was listening, and as it tested out, I was listening, but he didn't like what I was doing with what I heard, and yeah. which was a very, and when he saw that, he was, oh, wow, you are listening. You do hear me. I feel like, he would say, I feel like you don't care for me or that you're judging me. And I said, well, I get it. And what, what it's, it, that's possible. I, I'm checking in. I don't see it, but let me just tell you what I'm thinking, right? And and I'll keep, and we went back and forth for this for a while, but when we landed, it was really powerful because it was, he realized I was listening and I really wasn't judging him. I was judging his, his behavior, his performance. And that's why I was talking to him. And when he, and I told him if I really judged you and I didn't think, cause he thought I was, thought he was stupid. I said, then why would I tell you this if I thought you were stupid? Right. So it made a huge difference in the connection so that I wanted to get that across because sometimes when people hear vulnerability or, you know, and, and there's it really can go anywhere. But we're not talking about bearing your life story to your employees. No. We're talking about what's really showing up in the moment around 
what you're doing and working through that in a way that benefits both of you and there's an alignment is what I hear you saying. Yes, and with my clients, man, my workload got so much easier. Uh, the, the weight that I carried got so much lighter because what I didn't realize is up until that point, I was trying to create a, all the meaning through the product I delivered. Like mm -hmm. my role was to create an intense amount of meaning for this client through a photograph. And then if they loved it, they'd come back and be a loyal client and send their friends. Uh. What began to shift for me was I began to find the possibility of meaning in two humans being together and connecting. And while I was creating a beautiful photo photograph for them, they were able to offer more of themselves to me and I was able to offer more of themselves to them where the meaning went far beyond the photograph. The and the photograph meant, probably picked up as well, right? The quality of the shoot. Exactly. The photograph meant so much more to them. I was able to capture more of what was there. And we were connected beyond just the product I produced. It was two people being together in a way that I never knew people could be together. And meaning began to be a part of every single element of what I was doing at work, not just the smile that came on the end when they saw the product. Awesome. Well, that makes sense. And it makes sense too about how that would connect to your ideal client at Beautiful Outcome as well. Somebody who wants to get involved in life, not just through, the, not just with the action, but create meaning in what they're doing. And we've talked about meaning, you know, there's, you can create meaning by doing things for yourself, broaden the meaning in your life. Or you can create the depth of meaning by doing what you're talking about, which is do something for somebody else and get connected to them for what they want to accomplish, which deepens the meaning. So it makes sense that out of the process now, you've been uh, generating the kind of meaning ongoingly in your, in your uh, work at Beautiful Outcome. I'd love to hear some of the challenges that you've facing, that you faced or are facing as you develop Beautiful Outcome, because it's highly successful. I mean, you're doing really well. Um, I, I've watched you and I'm excited for you and, and proud that I got to do, you know, have some contribution in it. But talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you're facing or have faced and what, you know, what's coming out of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> there is basically one challenge I face and it's me. <laughs> yeah. me, so, me here and now, right? Yes. Because everywhere I go, there I am. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, you know, the beauty of this work and what I love about it is you never arrive. And it's an ongoing commitment to freedom. It's an ongoing commitment to um, know, see, being willing to see what I don't want to see. And so where I get stuck in my business is where I get in my own way and don't want to see how I'm in my own way and begin to, you know, blame my lack of knowledge of social media and, you know, my, uh, all these different excuses I come up with, but the beauty of this work and one of the, um, reasons I love it so much is it continues to bring me back to being able to see more areas of opportunity for getting out of my own way. Mm -hmm. And so there really isn't a challenge that doesn't come back to the next opportunity of breakthrough for myself and beginning to consider what else might be possible other than what I'm telling myself and wanting yeah. to be safe about. 
Well, you know, it, it makes me think of, uh, I, I know you read the book, Thanks for the Feedback, um, mm-hmm. by Sheila Heen and Douglas Stone. I recommend that to anybody who's listening. But in it, it talks about the three triggers. I know for me, that's really helped me, like the trigger of not getting accurate information and getting spun out about, wait a minute, they're lying to me or making all kinds of stuff up or and then losing the conversation at that moment or the you know, not having a relationship settled or, you know, they did something that offended me and now I can't hear them. Um, and being aware of that, being still able to hear, even if I've got something to settle or I'm unsettled about something with somebody else that's giving me feedback. And then the third one I think is most powerful for me is the identity. Like if I think I'm a listener, if I think I'm committed to other people and then I, they give me feedback that I'm not, I can get into quite the trigger in my head about, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They're missing me. And then I check out on the conversation. But I know for me, when you talk about that, that's the first thing that came up in my mind was those three triggers. That's how I tend to get in my own way. And um, yes, for me, it most commonly, <laughs> you could just call it chicken little. That's, yeah. that's the, <laughs> the best way to describe it's, how I it's get a it. catastrophe. It's a catastrophe. <laughs> Sky is falling. The sky is falling. So uh, what I I've seen that I've seen that look on your face. And yes, I, I know. <laughs> oh, she's going, it's going down. So. so when things don't look exactly the way I think they need to look, um, one of my tendencies is to go to the sky is falling. And yet when I pull back and get a bird's eye view, I recognize I've grown this business faster than I've grown any other business and it is doing really well. And, you know, it's the opportunity to sit in the uncomfortable of being willing to transform and see like, okay, this is where I'm in my way, or this is what I need to look at a new possibility or, Um, you know, so it's just a constant opportunity to continue my growth and continue my opportunity. But that's one of my places where I can easily be challenged is when I jump into chicken little and I love it. Chicken. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm keeping that one. (laughs) Well, you know, um, what you say is it's strong because you've, you've grown your business through coaching and you've got quite a coaching uh, practice going on. How many clients do you have? Uh, 30 consistent clients right now That's that are awesome. in the midst of coaching. Yep. And you're taking it to a new level. I know uh, we're doing this opening, which is uh, the training that you got from the efficacious uh, Institute for Transformational Trainers, which is your, you came out of the first cohort that has been, uh, that basically worked with that curriculum. Why don't you talk a little bit about how like you've decided to take a leap. You're now moving from kind of coaching plus training. Like what brought that on? What was the idea behind it? You know, and how does it serve you and you personally and, and beautiful outcome? Yeah. Again, I wanted to expand the possibilities of how I could reach the world with the power of possibilities and began to see that, you know, while signing up for a semester of coaching is one opportunity, signing up for an online course is one opportunity. And yet I also find that many people resonate a lot more with a event that they can go to, a place where they can just take a couple days and go and experience it. 
as well as the more I'm in this, the more I recognize the value of each different kind of workout. Like a training is one kind of a workout. A coaching course is another kind of a workout. Mm -hmm. Being coached is another kind of a workout. And began, I wanted to expand the ways that people could work out because each type of workout exposes a different opportunity of how you're able to see where possibilities lie where you couldn't see them before or how you're getting in your own way and so i saw the power of what can open up in an event and the ease that it would open up for other people who might not be willing to take the risk to coach right away or um, have been coaching for a while and just want an immersive experience And so I just saw a lot more possibility. Obviously, I'm pretty passionate about possibilities. <laughs> uh, I saw that it opened up more possibilities for offering the message and more possibilities for my clients to experience additional breakthrough. And for you, what do you see the possibility for you or the, what personally is the, has been the benefit up until now? Yes. Um, well, I had a really interesting moment going. There was, again, it was that voice in my heart. I knew I was scared to death. I remember sitting in the training with you five years ago and the thoughts went through my mind. I would love to do that someday. And I'm like, are you crazy? There's no way you could ever do that. Um, and yet that kept coming to me. And so when I actually ask you, like, I, I would like to move into being a trainer. And so, um, what I you're, did, the reason, you're actually the reason I did that efficacious. I, I've been planning to, but you pressed me to do it. And I went, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And so I came in scared out of my mind, knowing that I was about to see another mirror of more possibilities of how I could get out of my own way if I wanted to. And so the first experience in efficacious, because as you trained us to be trainers, we were getting little moments where we were starting to train. And then eventually we fully trained the training of the opening. And so that first moment I got the experience of doing a section of the training. Um, it was one a extremely surreal moment. Um, one of probably five surreal moments I've had in my life where it was almost like an out-of-body experience, which may sound really crazy, but it felt I I saw how everything in my life up until that point had been leading me right there. Mm. Like I could see how all of the things fit together in a new way. And that this was wanting to happen through me in a way I hadn't realized until that moment. Yeah. That's probably the best description of meaning that I've heard in a long time, which is when meaning, when, when I start to, you know, like meaning finds us, it's almost like it finds me or finds you. And when it does, all of a sudden, all the struggle and the things I thought weren't worth it, all of a sudden became, I become aware of how worth it they were. And now they're, it, it means it, it's unified. There's a, there's a unity, like a personality that comes together around it. Yes. Yes. And I, I literally, I mean, I can feel that moment now, even though it was four months ago or five months ago. Like, it's like, I, it's when I think about it, that all comes to me in this moment. And it's like, it, it's moving. Like, it's like, wow. Like as much as I may want to, which I know, like you said, it comes to you and you get to accept the invitation. And yeah. so at any point I could turn the invitation away. Yeah. Um, but that become, it's like an opening and you either choose to step into it or not, or allow it to come to you and get closer to you and infiltrate your thinking and your life. Right. It's like a, a, an opening, a possibility that 
it opens up and there you are and you either step in or you you pass it by you choose out yeah and so it's really um i see the purpose of it in my life and the meaning that it adds not only to my work and my clients but it's just new levels of where transformation is available for me as you know as a trainer um one of the ways I get in my own way is I like to do things the right way. <laughs> and <laughs> um, as I'm learning very quickly, that does not work as a trainer because it's about presence, being present in the moment with each moment that wants to happen in that room. And there is no right way. <laughs> right. And, and what often appears to be the wrong way in the moment turns out to be the best way in the you know, after all, particularly yes. if you're there with it. Yes. <laughs> if you're so, in the opening with it. Yeah it's giving me a lot more opportunities to um, get off of the way I like to do deal with perfection and the way I like to do things the right way, my need to control, uh, you know, the sky is falling. All those things are getting exposed in a new way. And I keep getting more opportunities to just decide to surrender to getting letting go of what's safe for me mm -hmm. and being vulnerable and authentic in new ways, which is just creating more levels of meaning in my life. And it's yeah. amazing. Well, talk a little bit about the opening. We're going to be doing that together. Um, you're going to be leading it and um, I'll be with you in it on September 29th and 30th here in Sonoma County at the Holiday Inn off of Highway 101 in Windsor. Is that correct? Yes. Is that right? Good. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Like what, what about that? Like for you, what, what's your inspiration in there? What do you see happening and who's, who do you believe will benefit from it? Yes. Well, first you did an amazing job writing this training. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you blew my mind. Uh, you know, I knew I'd gone to the four day training with um, Revenant and it, blew my mind and blew so many new possibilities into existence in my life as I took what I experienced in that and applied it. And so I thought, you know, two day training, like, is it really going to be, could it even become close to being as powerful as the four day training? And yet what I experienced in how you wrote it is even though I've been in this work for five years, this transformational work for five years, it, this opening, help me to see very significant foundational pieces that have made just as much of a difference for me as what I experienced in the four day training. And so I am super excited for people to get this. I feel like um, it is so powerful what has opened up for me in my relationships and in my business, because when you trained me to do this, you first let me experience and go through it myself. And then you taught me how to train it. And so what I experienced when I went through it um, just was so powerful in seeing mindsets um, around how I showed up in trust with people, how I showed up in the opportunity to take responsibility, the power of my choice, things that I thought I really had a grasp and was, you know, doing everything that could work in those. Um, what I began to experience was, wow, there was so much more opportunity. And 
Um, Which is yeah. why we call it the opening, right? It opens up greater possibility. You, you look into whatever you're up to, if you really do the work, that inquiry should, if you've done the work, open up a greater possibility in what you're already doing, particularly yeah. if you're doing well. Yeah. And I would have told you that I was the most responsible person I knew. <laughs> That's one of my rackets. <laughs> but man, what has opened up? I went through it. I went through it myself four months, five months ago, something like that. And the what I learned about the possibility of responsibility and what it really looks like to take responsibility was, first of all, very different than what I made up responsibility was. Um, what I thought responsibility was, was doing all the work physically. What I began to learn was responsibility is a posture of the heart. And it's, it's a way of being and viewing something and noticing, you know. And so what that one thing has opened up for me, not only in my relationships, but also in my work, is creating so much possibility. And it isn't easy. Like I'm taking some responsibility right now and some things in my marriage that, ooh, it's like, okay, that's not easy to notice or to look at. And yet the possibility that's available on the other side, if I'm willing to look at it and willing to take responsibility makes the discomfort of owning what's really there so worth it. And um, yeah, getting at the conversation that you have about what you're looking at is where that opening, right? It's that opening. And that's what produces the opening is the willingness to, to look at the discomfort and what you're making up about what you're looking at ought to open up a whole new possibility in and of itself as you explore it. Because the more you can look at it, the more you can explore it and the deeper the opening becomes, right? And that's, yes. that's for me has really been valuable in working, doing this for 40 years. It, it's unending and um, ever humbling. That's for doggone sure, as you have mentioned. Yes. So, so um, tell me, if you could do it over again, what would you do differently, if anything? I would have surrendered much sooner. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great answer. I, I think that often, yeah. Yeah, it took me almost, um, I was nearing, let's see, nine years ago when all this began for me, I was nearing 40 years old. And I think, wow, like, I'm so grateful that it happened then. And yet I'm like, wow, I could have saved myself a lot of suffering and the people around me a lot of suffering had I been willing to, um, you know, believe that there was more possible and search. I, I recognize now when I look back, I really didn't search much. I just took everything I thought I knew and thought I was so smart about, about how to make relationships work and, you know, how to make a life of meaning. And I just went with it. And I questioned very little. I wasn't curious to the level that I had any idea was possible. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it, the definition of humility for me is questioning what I'm certain about. And because mm -hmm. that's what I feel humble then because I, it, 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 it can scramble or make you uneasy because the things I've already got fitted into place now may be rearranged and the world may not be what I thought it is. So yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's staggering. And that I get, that's a powerful answer uh, in my experience. Um, because there, I, I've experienced it. 
It's interesting what when you say that, because what I recognize now I made up, again, it's all what I made up, but what I thought was there was somehow a sense in all those years of having children and, you know, raising them and marriage mm -hmm. and all that, that I was like, I need more humility. I need more humility. So I would pray for more humility. And then what would actually happen is what I made up humility was, was it meant being a doormat. Shame. So I, yeah, I we often think of humility and shame in the same light, and they're the opposite, really. Yeah, it was false humility. It was now I'm doing all this stuff for you. You need to be different for me. And I was actually making matters worse, <laughs> becoming more and more of a hard shell of I'm offering so much to the world and I'm not getting back what I'm offering. Something's wrong with these people. I'm doing it all right. What's wrong with you? Um, and now to discover that it really is humility, but it's so different than what I kept trying to bring about in my life. Yeah, yeah. it brings a lot of vulnerability. It brings vulnerability with it, basically. That's humility, vulnerability, same, two sides of the same coin. Yeah, and the beauty of vulnerability in a lot of ways is just the willingness to question what I think I'm right about. Yeah. Well, that's about it. I think we nailed it there. Or you nailed it. Um, what would you do more of? Uh, surrender. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes along with this. I'd, I'd be more curious, uh, particularly yeah. around the things I'm not curious about. Uh, is kind of what I hear you saying in there. Yeah, and so I'm just super excited for this opportunity of two days to invite people in to that opportunity. That opportunity to get curious and to consider what else might be true other than what you're certain is true yeah. in whatever area you're wanting to open up possibility in your life. Well, you know, I've found for me that when I'm certain about something, only certain to, to be right about that certitude, only certain possibilities can emerge. I can only see certain things. When I start to question that certitude, then new possibilities open up. But at first, it seems uneasy. It's disturbing. But as I continue to look in the inquiry, new possibilities, things that were already there that I couldn't see in my previous certitude, now I can see broadens and adds to the resource that I have that prior to that I wouldn't have access to because I wouldn't be looking. I'd be certain it was this way, right? Yes. So it makes a lot of sense. And that's, that is why... Uh, the, I put the name, the opening on it when we, hand it, and I appreciate your, your going with that. And um, because you can do anything you want with that IP. And I'm uh, blessed that you'd include us and include me. And I'm looking forward to working with you um, on September 29th and 30th, 2018 here in Sonoma County. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm excited to create more meaning for all of us involved and thank you for the opportunity yeah and if you're interested in finding out more about julia and beautiful outcome go to their website it's beautifuloutcome.com and all the information is there including the information on the opening uh, we are also we have a banner on the blood ethos site uh, that you can click it'll take you to the opening uh, page on beautifuloutcome.com so and one little detail beautiful outcome dot live oh dot live okay yes good. thank yeah. you beautiful yeah. outcome dot live 
So, Julia, thank you for this time, and I can't wait to work with you. And until we get to talk again, I'll see you. All right. Thank you. If you like what you heard today, please check out the Hero Being Process, an eight-week online gymnasium designed to support you in transforming your ability to heroically fulfill your unique purposes with freedom, love, and creativity. Available at theherobeing.com. Until next month, keep kicking at the indifference until it bleeds life.